on your marks. This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Back to the greatest running podcast in the world, peak too early, and we are live at the Gendron Saloon today after the USA Championship watch party. Mike Gendron, how you doing? What a day, Steve. What a day. Uh, track is fun again. I mean, holy crap. That felt like we were watching like a playoff Patriots game. I had so much fun today. Uh, obviously, some super things to be uh, a lot of stuff to be excited about, some stuff that, you know, didn't go our way. But overall, unbelievable day, and we had an awesome turnout. Yeah, we had a, we had a lot of people here at the Gen Saloon. We had a few Miller Lights, you know, we played some some uh, some games, you know, had a good time. It was, it was a, a, you know, thanks to everybody that came out. We had, you know, it was just a great time all around. Trent Fontanella, how you doing? I'm doing, doing okay. I'm a little concerned about myself. I've been in Lowell now for more than 24 <laughs> hours, which is never a good thing, but it, it was a blast today. The The watch party was a success, I would say. The uh, the track was good. It was exciting. It's It's been a fun day. It's been a great day. And so I think everybody listening right now is wondering who won the peak too early pool. And we are going to Wait till the end of the episode to announce it. So you got to listen to the whole right. thing. Make you got to listen to the whole thing. Right. We'll announce it at the end. Um, you know, I, I think the pool made it a ton of fun, and, and it made a lot of fun for everybody involved. Like, like Mike was saying when in the intro, like we cared about track. Like oh, yeah. we had a lot of fun. Like I was in to every every step of this of this meet because of the pool. We it was just a it was just a great idea. Yeah, the the side bets going on were unbelievable. The uh, just the hype that was going on. People were screaming, like literally an entire room of like 15, 20 people just like screaming at the top of their lungs. Steve's neighbors probably absolutely hate Oh, me. my neighbors hate me yeah, right now. They, I mean, we were being so obnoxious, but I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable the hype that was there. One of my favorite things about the betting aspect is that it makes you really dislike other people and root <laughs> against them. So yeah. we all have our guys that we like. You know, of course, we've had the, the guests that have been on the podcast already we're rooting for and, and people that we know and have a connection to. Um, but now you get to really root against people, which oh, yeah. is a ton of fun. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I mean, you know, I think that's been, for me, it's been a problem kind of getting into track is like, I don't really know who to cheer for. I don't know who to, who to root against. I mean, we got the Red Sox Yankees on the TV right now. And that's, you know, it's very easy for, for you to identify who you like and who you dislike in terms of like, you know, a team sport. But when it's a track meet, it's kind of hard to figure out like exactly who you're rooting for. And I think we, we think we figured it out. I can tell you who I'm not rooting for anymore. We'll get into that, but. Some, some some people I, I no longer like very much in the track world. Well, yeah, and I think I think you know you're going to in order to have like a vested rooting interest. Like I think the most important part of that is is having villains and people that you want to dislike on the Absolutely. track. Absolutely. So I think we I think we had had some of that out there, but let's get into it. So what we're gonna do is we're going to kind of recap the track meet a little bit, USA Championships recap a little bit, talk about some of the notes we had, and then we're gonna go into our awesome interview with Johnny Gregoric, one of the top middle distance runners in the world. He came on, he talked with us. We actually talked with him 
before USA's, so the, le- the week leading up to it. So we kind of talked a little strategy with him. Fortunately, wasn't a great great race out there for him t- uh, tonight. It was, uh, you know, he, he didn't do as well as he had hoped or probably as, as well as he's capable of. But um, a great interview nonetheless. So then we're going to go to that. We're going to come back. We're going to announce the winner of the pool, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. But we need to start off by saying a couple of our, uh, of our you know, Favorites from the from the peak too early family, friends of the programs had a great day. Um, it started off with Sinclair Johnson, who she didn't make Team USA. She finished fourth at the line. She just barely made, missed making Team USA, but she ran an unbelievable race. Yeah. She ran her personal best. I think she ran four oh three out there. Just missed making Team USA. I mean, just a just a. It's been a. It's probably been a, a you know crazy stretch of meets for her since the national championships all the way up all the way up through uh, through USA's. But um, oh, man, we were really pulling for her. She's the real deal. And like that was the first race where I realized how invested I was in this because I was like heartbroken when when she missed it. We. She was right there. It was like tenths of a second, but she put it all out on the line. Well run race, personal best, and I think her future is like ridiculous. Oh, like we're gonna she, be seeing has, her for a while. Yeah, she has a super bright future coming up. So very, the, very pumped. The time she ran at nationals, I did not expect so soon. Very just she took the solid. I don't know what the, the difference was, but it was really impressive the the gap that came. So she's already star. She's gonna explode. I can't wait to watch her next year uh, qualifying. So. Yeah, I think the past the last three races she's run, starting with um, national championship, um, she did a tune up meet leading up to this, and and then USA's. I think they were all all three of those were personal best for her. So, yeah. what a what a run for her. And then you know our guy Bryce Hopple coming through Got with it. a third place, making Team USA. You want to talk about somebody who's the real deal? It is Bryce Hopple. Awesome race. We couldn't be more pumped for him. Yeah, this guy is taking over the hearts of America so quickly. The guy cannot be stopped right now. Oh, yeah. And, like, I, I, it was one of those things where he's still probably a little bit away from, like, being the guy for USA, but he's getting there. But when he stood on the track today, I was like, he's going to win. Like, yeah. how does he not win? And he made an honest effort, but makes Team USA our guy, like, Peak too early is going to the USA Championship. That's awesome, dude. What about when when Bryce in his his qualifying heat there, um, when this win streak <laughs> is still alive? And so, uh, if you guys haven't seen the highlight of him winning his his heat, is he's going down the stretch. He's got it, you know, in the bag. But somebody's coming in and trying to get a scalp on him last second. Bryce senses it with maybe ten meters to go and just puts on the gas and dusts him. It was. So cool. The guy just loves the win, and he's you know got a lot more dubs coming in the future. Yeah, I mean, it, you mentioned it on a couple episodes ago, Mike. You know, you look at you know Bryce, and you look at him race, and he's just got that winner mindset. Oh, yeah. He's just there's some people that you know their talent, their their ability aside, some people just have the winning gene, and, and Bryce has got it, man. And you know, heading into an Olympic year next year, heading into you know he's going to be a senior next year, right? Oh yeah. So heading into his senior year, like massive things for this guy like we we need him to be one of the guys at usa like defending you know making a making a run at a medal at uh, at, at the olympics next year so i'm pumped to watch him run yeah can i just say it feels good to be live in studio boys yeah this good. is nice this good. is nice this is a little preview for the sponsors out there that eventually will buy us you know a nice podcast studio but this is what it sounds like when the boys are together and we have good equipment <laughs> well, here. and also that like for our future sponsors like we were here all day, super hungover from last night. We don't even need to get into that. Oh, boy. Whew. 
and here all day long in the hot sun watching track. I have to drive two and a half hours home tonight, and here we are at 9.30, grinding, recording a live show. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah. Br- bring us in. We had some fun last night. We were down at the Lowell Folk Festival. I know you said you weren't going to get into it, Mike, but we were at the Lowell Folk Festival. Maybe had ourselves a little too much fun, stayed out a little too too late. And when I woke up this morning, I didn't know if the watch party or the recording was going to happen because, you know, I, I had peaked too early. Like, I'm getting too old for this. I woke up and I was just like, I just, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't party like I used to. It was, it was brutal. It wasn't until like maybe you know, an hour before people started showing up that I actually looked like an alive person. It was bad. Trent, I've been getting a lot of shade from Steve about my uh, my training regimen lately. And uh, I don't know, two out of the three podcasts hosts got a run in this one. (laughs) And we won't tell the crowd how uh, Mike almost puked in the last mile. Not important. Not important. But he still got out there. I got it done. I got it done. Credit to you guys for getting out there and running, but there was not a chance in hell I was going to run. I would have ended up at the hospital if I tried to run this morning. There's like that. That's no hyperbole. Like it, I, I almost ended up at the hospital this morning. It was bad. But anyways, we had we had a crew come over. We had a you know a lot of listeners come over at the Gendron Saloon. You know we had a packed house watching track. People going nuts. We posted some some videos on. Um, on, on our, our Instagram story, so go check it out. But it was, you know, it was just like watching a, a, a sporting event, you know, for a sport that, you know, people tend to cheer for and care about. But it was a great time. Um, let's dive in. You know, we don't want to we don't want to waste too much time talking about the, you know, the party today and the, you know, the watch, you know, everybody that came over. Let's dive into some of the notes we have from from this uh, from the past couple of days at, at USA's, you know, what are some of the stuff that stood out? You know, I think Mike, there was some people that you that rubbed you the wrong way out there. Oh, yeah. Why don't you kick it off? What do you got for the people? Um, all right, so the first thing I want to address, and I want to address this very quick because I've alluded to it a couple times now. This guy Ben Blankenship can get out of here. I am he is <laughs> I'm done with him. This guy stinks. He looks like an idiot out there wearing his like pirate bandana deal and he's got the gross facial he's got like Trent's mustache kind of hey like, just looking disgusting and in the prelims I'm not going to describe the whole race here because we're doing a lot of like real nitty-gritty track stuff they were really diving deep into the track but coming down the final stretch he is sitting there with a guy on his shoulder you know and they're starting to take it down a little bit because they're just trying to qualify for the championship and he turns to the guy next to him motions to him and basically says hey man you can have the win as if to say like I am this, like, almighty man, and I'm going to let you have this one, buddy. Like, this one, y- you get to take down the great Ben Blankenship thing. And the guy kind of gave him, like, a sideways look, like, who the hell do you think <laughs> that you are? And he pointed right back to him, like, no, did you take the win? And Ben Blankenship when comes across the line, like, celebrating, like, just rub me the wrong way, it, it was to put it lightly, and I will... Not root for this man going forward. He is, in my book, a peak too early enemy. You're becoming, are we just like a Johnny versus the world in the 1500s? Hell yeah. You're, you're anti-central, you're anti-blankenship. Oh, I'm a big Angles guy. Craig Angles is a bad man. That is a bad man. I agree. Dude, you gotta love the mullet. The guy's the man out there. So for as, as you know, blankenship... He just looks weird with the long hair. Like we talk about, like he can't really pull off his look. He's got like the pirate look. He just kind of looks looks like a weirdo. As much as he can't pull off that look, 
Angles pulls off the mullet and the mustache better than anybody. Guy just looks like a man, the man out there. The, 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 the you know, the, the business in the front, party in the back, just kind of waving in the breeze as he's, you know, taking down a 1,500-meter championship. Yeah, not to bury the lead, like, USA champ. Yeah. No, that was awesome. Um, Centro, second place. Not You know, I think we talked about it a little bit. I think he gave that to his boy. His boy Angles, because him and Angles are training partners, been training partners for a while. I think he, I think he let him have that one. Non-Olympic year, I think he's, I think it came down to those two at, in the home stretch, and he just said he's like, I'm gonna let my let my guy have this one. I think it's a debatable point. I think you have a, an argument. I think it, it's possible. Uh, he did lean a little bit at the end, and mm-hmm. but I, I want to stay on brand with my Centro takes. Now I'm just going after everybody. <laughs> But I want to believe that you're right, Steve, because I feel like that would be like a classic Centro thing to do. Like same same thing with plank and chip. Like, oh yeah, like I'll, I'll take it in the Olympics because I'm the gold medalist. But you can have this one, big guy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go on on brand here and say that that's what he was doing. Centro seemed chill in that last hundred meters. You know, but that's how he looks when he him. runs up. So, yeah, so he just, he just looks so he just looks so calm and chill when he runs. You know. Maybe that's why we're just, you know, all in on the Angles train then, because Angles just looks way cooler out there when he was <laughs> yeah. like that. That shot of him with the uh, with the light beer at the end, someone must have thrown him a beer right when he crossed oh, the yeah. finish line, so there's a shot, big smile, and we talked about the hair blowing the wind and the, and the beer in his hand. It's made me a big Angles fan. Yeah, and I, I think the difference, and I, you know, we talk about how Blankenship kind of telling a guy to take the win in the, in, you know, the, the heat leading up to the finals is, I think there's a big difference between like, Hey, you can have a win in the, you know, one of the prelim heats and you being like, I want my boy to have the USA championship. I think there's a big difference there. That's interesting. (laughs) I know I'm, I'm, I'm not off the central bandwagon. I'm, I'm a, I'm a central guy. I think he's going to be, you know, uh, once again, a gold medalist next year. So um, I'm pulling for him. Still in the still in the central chain. Um, one, it's probably I think the biggest storyline from this USA Championship. Lopez Lamont still Beast. doing the damn thing. Absolute. I mean, Beast. I I we we were texting. Uh, when was the 10K? The 10K was Friday night, and we were texting, and I was just like, I think there's an argument to be made that Lopez Lamont is one of the greatest American track athletes of all time. Just because he's been doing it for so long, he's had success all the way, you know, from the mid-distance to the 10K. He won the 10K and the 5K. He was not the favorite in either. In fact, he was probably, in our ranking system, we had the three-tier ranking system. He was a he was a tier three guy in both events. Takes down, you know, the two-distance event. Guy looks like, he looks like if he spent six months in the gym, he could be a middle linebacker in the NFL. Guy's just a freaking animal out there yeah i mean that's what that's what my first thought was when the 10k was happening it was like raining and he's in the front like his jersey like soaked and sticking to him i'm like Gee, everyone around him is like these like little tiny like skinny distance runners. you had this guy looking like a freaking superhero out there it's like that that dude is like could break these 10k runners in half. yeah like that is a ba man right there i gotta sign a little poster of Lopez Lemong in my childhood bedroom, guys. Pretty big deal. <laughs> but it seems like he's been around forever, because I really yeah. had that whack when I was maybe 15 or 16, and that was 10 years ago. Still doing it. He just is undroppable. Uh, yeah. He seems like the nicest guy. Everybody loves him. He's got a crazy story about his childhood and coming to the U.S. and everything. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Lopez Lemong. Let's get him on the pod. Wow. Most 
powerful, like you watch him run, most powerful stride I've ever seen. Just super smooth, super powerful. Guy's a man. Um, so we're going to be cheering for him at Worlds. And, you know, I'd love to see him make a make a run at, um, you know, the Olympics and be on the Olympic team in the 5K or 10K. I think that'd be a very cool story for Absolutely. him next year. Let's uh, let's talk about the 5K, though, a little bit more. There was some weird stuff that went on oh, with yeah. Chalimo who was in the lead, oh, and yeah. he took it out hard. This was one of the weirdest races of the day, I thought, where yeah. Shalima had the lead, took it out like pretty hard, the guys are cruising along, and then we think maybe, what's his name, uh, Kincaid? Yeah. Was maybe nipping at his feet or something? Yeah. But That's then they slid like. to the side, let Kincaid was like maybe chirping at him, um, I don't know. But then they just all slowed down, the whole pack was right back in it. It was like a weird, wasted... You know, two or three k there. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Well, it, so we were confused at first what happened, but our our one of the guys at the watch party, shout out Dan Gordon, pointed out that yeah, in the replay you could see him kind of clipping his heels a little bit, and uh, Chalimo kind of turned to him and was basically like, like threw his hands up at him, was like aggravated at him, and then yeah, it sounded like they had words, and Chalimo bump jumps out to like lane two, and was basically like. Dude, if you're gonna be like up on me and like you got a problem with my pace, like you go ahead and take it. And as soon as he took it, the race like completely changed, yeah. slowly down. It just got out of control. It was very weird. Yeah. And no, that I think that opened up the door for Lamont. Like I think you know that that exchange, you know, nipping at the heels, I'm kind of jarring each other, and then the the lead change because Chalimo was taking it hard. That opened the door for everybody in the chase pack. So that changed the whole makeup of the race. That's got to mess with your, your mental psyche if you're Chalimo. You got a plan, you're executing on it, and then somehow the King K got enough in his head where he just, you know, gave up on his plan and was like, fine, I'll just sit and see what happens. But yeah. Yeah. And if somebody's nipping at your heels. That's part of the, it's part of the sport. I mean, you know, I mean, like you nipping at your heels, you know, it's just run faster, dude. Yeah. Or, yeah, you know, it was weird. <laughs> it was yeah. weird. Um, but uh, I think. One of the cooler things, so uh, Friday night, we were talking about the 5K, 10K um, with Lamong. Um, the 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 drums and the band oh, that yeah. played during the 10K, <laughs> awesome. And so they, they, they tried to build up the 10K. They tried to, you know, do some hype around it. So they did these uh, intros. So they announced each runner. They came out, and they had smoke, like fog yeah. machines. They had, you know, a drum line. And during the whole 10K, they were just hammering away at the drum line. It was awesome. I was just like, that's one of, like, if I was running the 10K, like, I'd be super jacked up to go out there and run. So I was like, at first when they did the whole entrances with the smoke and the drums, I was kind of, this is kind of weird. Like, why, yeah. are we, why are we doing this? Like, we're trying a little bit too hard. But once I realized, like, 15 minutes in, like, these guys aren't stopping anytime yeah. soon. We just had the entire women's 10K, the entire men's 10K, which is just the banging on the drums. It was it was awesome. <laughs> I was cracking up halfway through. I'm like, they're not stopping. They're going to keep going. I remember when Stonehill would host races every year. We had one track meet. Our coach was always like, do you guys want to hear music during the 5K and stuff on it? And Tango yeah. like, hell yeah, let's hear the music. <laughs> like, why not? It just makes it more fun, especially the event like the 10K. Where the crowd easily could not be into it, you know, they're distracted, they're watching the field events or whatever. Um, get some music on, it's yeah. great. Yeah. What else? No, you guys got any other notes for for they for any highlights, low lights, things that you wanted to talk about? I've got a bunch of like random notes. Can I just like rattle? Oh, go for them? it. They're Please. not like super in depth conversations. All right, one. This guy Clay in the triple jump. First of all, triple jumpers are so cool. They like get their jumps and have these like awesome reactions and like celebrations and just awesome. This one guy, the most swagged out guy I've ever seen, and he's wearing like a backwards like baseball hat in the triple jump. And it, he was the man, and he was super good too. So you can pull off stuff like that. Um, one of the people at the 
party, was watching the triple jump, not a uh, regular track watcher, and her reaction was, why is there puddles on the track? <laughs> and it was a hilarious comment, but then I thought about it. I'm like, no, it's steeplechase, not or, I'm sorry, yeah, the steeplechase. She's like, why are there puddles on the track? And, and I just started <laughs> laughing. I was like, you know what? It's not a bad question. No, no, complete, question. completely <laughs> legitimate question to ask. Like, hey, why are they running through water right now on the track? Yeah. Completely legitimate. Another point that was brought up, shout out Paul Gendron, um, brought up why do, like, high jumpers wear like race numbers yeah is that is that not like idiotic and like i never thought about it but he's like this is a u.s championship he's like what do they think we're gonna miss the like the guy jumping like why can't we just use his name why do we like there's no chip in it there's like say the very legit another legitimate very legitimate question uh let's see i we talked about passing and jumping events like the pole vault where you can just be like no i'm gonna start at like just whatever what's gonna win the meet yeah okay i'll start there yeah i think that's like pretty badass where you can just like yeah no i'm way better than that i'm not even a bother it'd be like (laughs) like um you know like central like getting up to like the heats of the like the prelims of the 15 be like you guys know i'm gonna be there like just put me in the finals okay (laughs) uh i thought that was pretty great um Grant Holloway diving at the end of oh, awesome. the 110 hurdles to make, to make worlds. Yeah, huge. Grant Holloway, talk about a bad man. <sighs> that guy, that he is a monster. So can an we absolute monster? So can we go back and can you take back all of the things you said about Infinite Tucker diving at the diving at the finish line to uh, to win his conference championship? No. <laughs> okay. No, Grant Holloway is way cooler than Infinite Soccer, and I stand by everything I said um, and all those takes. Let's see. All right, and I think my last one here is 10K. Watching the 10K, let's go back there. Um, guys getting lapped in the 10K, they're still like world-class runners. Obviously. I know, yeah. But it makes me feel good because I'm like... I can relate to that. You know what I mean? It's like the first time you see Grant Holloway like zipping through hurdles, like diving across the line. You see like all these amazing athletes and I see people getting lapped in a 10K and I'm like, oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could like, I could put myself in those shoes. I, I've definitely been there before. So yeah. And it just, notes. it highlights the, the difference between like the top handful of 10K runners oh, yeah. and, you know, you know, the, the second half of the field, like they're still qualifying for USA championships and they're getting lapped on the track. It's just like, it just kind of highlights like how crazy these athletes are. Yep. Same thing with the steeplechase. I think it's really clear there how the elite people are just dominating the other guys in the field. It's it's wild to see them get lapped. Yeah. I want to give a quick shout out to Shelby Houlihan. She's just a beast. Like you watch her run. It was like, I was saying she won maybe by, I'm looking at the results right now. She won the 5K by two seconds because she just, was cruising and then out kicked everybody in the last 100. It looked like she didn't even try until like the last like 40 meters. She might as well like won one by 60 seconds. Nobody yeah. had a chance. Like yeah. she is so impressive. She's the best runner in the country right now. Uh, men's and women's. Yeah. I, I think that's safe to say. Yeah. Like Lopez had, you know, the day out there. We're watching Lopez and it was like, he's just like willing himself to victory, yeah. right? And he's just like yeah. running it so smart and being so badass. Shelby just had it in the bag from the get. She's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go win the race now." Yeah, I'll see you guys later. Really fun to watch her run. Um, one note I had that I wanted to I wanted to touch on quickly was Justin Gatlin. We actually, the three of us, didn't talk about this, but he had an automatic qualifier. He found out halfway through the meet he had an automatic qualifier to the world championship, so he just didn't race the rest of the the heats of the 100. This, this is a hundred meter. Hundred meter guy, probably the least likable. 
athlete, like, I think of the past couple, you know, probably the past decade, the least likable track athlete. I mean, he's been popped for steroids a bunch of times. He's kind of got a shitty attitude out there. It's like, come on. Like, you're, you're at the USA Championships, you know. I know that your your ultimate goal is to make the to make uh, the world championship, but you run the hundred friggin' meters. Oh, it's a, it's day. it's a ten second race. Go out there and try to run your 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 championship. You're afraid of like of like maybe losing, and so you don't wanna you don't wanna put yourself out there. Screw Justin Gallon. I'm not. I do not like that guy at all. There's probably people who aren't gonna like this take I'm about to have. I'm probably gonna get chirped for it. These guys are obviously incredible athletes, but like. Dude, I will go outside on the street right now in my flip-flops and go sprint 100 meters. Yeah. Like, come on. Again, you, way more athletic, way better than me at literally everything. But, I mean, you're running down the street. That's all you're doing. Go for yeah. go quickly run down the street. It's like you get, someone's making you out there and do a 10K or jump over steeples. No, I, I completely agree. I'm, I'm not a not a Justin Gatlin fan at I, all. I think the sport can't afford that. You know, we're trying to get no. as much popularity and as much interest in it as possible. When your number one guy like that just decides he's not going to run the finals, it just where's the legitimacy with uh, with USA's when people don't don't care about getting the title. Yeah, and and, and the hundred meters is is among the most marketable events to yeah. non runners. You can you people people who aren't runners, it's very or don't pay attention to the sport at all. It's very easy to grasp like the hundred meter dash. Like that is something that we should be promoting and something that, you know, should be kind of a, a flagship event for the sport. And it's like you don't have the top guy showing up. Yeah, I mean we talk a lot about the mile being like the marquee event in track. But that's coming from a distance perspective. I'd say overall the hundred meters is like that that is the track and field event. Yeah. That is definitely the the event that everybody who doesn't watch track or does watch track knows about the hundred meter. It is the marquee event, no question about it. Yeah. Any other any other notes for the listeners, guys? Yeah. Uh, some of the bets I won and lost today. Um, <laughs> we bet if somebody would uh, fall in the steeplechase, <laughs> I won that one. So pretty good. We had some over unders that were super annoying because we would do like. Over under like 65 seconds for the first lap of the 5K, right? And then coming down like with like 50 meters left in the first lap, they would like cut to like a pole vault clip. Yeah. So we wouldn't even be able to see. So we had like null and void a couple bets. Those ones were, those ones kind of stunk. Um, yeah, there was, there was bets flying around all over the place. Uh, you know, I probably lost more than I won. I certainly lost more than I won on the day. We're not even including the. Like three hours of blackjack that we played amongst ourselves earlier. The house uh, always wins, boys. The house the always, always wins. A lot of, a lot of L's today. But. <laughs> hey, I bought pizza for everybody, right? Yeah, that was, that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's get into it. Our interview with Johnny Gregoric. You know, one of the best middle distance runners in the world. He had a tough day out there. I mean, I was really hoping to kind of get on this this podcast today and talk to guys and really hype up, you know, Johnny Gregoric, guy who just made the the world team, you know, had a great race out there, but you know, it just wasn't his day out there, but still a great interview. We love talking with him. Um, so let's get into it. All right, we are here. The pride of Seekonk, Massachusetts, sub 350 miler, and one of the best mid-distance runners in the world, Johnny Gregoric. Welcome to Peak Too Early. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. 
I like the name of the podcast too. <laughs> well, it kind of, it kind of, you know, represents who we are. We all feel like we we peaked a little too early, but we're still trying to stay involved in track in any way we can. When did you say high school, you peaked or what, or college? I probably like freshman year of college. Then it was all downhill Ooh, from there. That's a good year, though. <laughs> I think I think my life peak on a team. <laughs> my life peak might have been middle school. I like to tell people I was the man, and then I start and then I started running and got way less cool, and it all went downhill from there. Yeah, <laughs> middle school is important. It's important to be cool in middle school. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, Johnny, you got a big race coming up at the end of this week. You are racing yeah. at USA Championship. How you feeling? Feeling great. Yes, feeling very, very fit and uh, ready to rip it. So uh, should be exciting. Yeah, it's a, we got some stiff competition, but I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. So what is the the week leading up to a big meet like that look for look like for you? Well, uh, for the week leading up to a big meet, not much, honestly. Just a lot of uh, you know fine tuning type stuff. The last like workout of the week of you know I'll do my last workout tomorrow. And then uh, the rest of the week, just putting the legs up, chilling, doing some strides. And, uh, you know, all the work's done, all the haze in the barn, as they say. That's and right. It's a matter of, uh, you know, being in the right headspace and just, uh, you know, getting after it. So probably one, of, probably one of the reasons I peaked too early was uh, I was a big fan of, you know, you got to keep it normal. You got to have a couple beers, you know, every single night, you know, leading up to a big race. Because once <laughs> you start getting out of what's normal, that's when you start screwing things up. <laughs> yeah no i i see that yeah yeah I, I definitely i'm not afraid to have a beer like for a race definitely not yeah it's okay, <laughs> it's okay to stay in a rhythm uh to a certain degree you know i don't know about i don't know about two a night that's aggressive <laughs> when do you fly out to iowa uh i fly out wednesday morning okay. yeah will you get get any like laps on the track beforehand or what's that Will you get out to the track and do anything on, like, Thursday? Yeah, maybe on, like, up? Thursday, but I, I've been there before. I know what it looks like, so, you know, it's all the same. <laughs> it's 400 meters around. It's blue, which is fun. Love <laughs> blue track. High School, blue track. Whoa. That, you actually, you... The blue track? Yeah, oh, yeah. Very lucky. A lot of birds flew right into it. Uh, <laughs> water, but great. Blue tracks are very fast, so, yeah. Well, Johnny, you... You bring up a good point that you're a Seacon guy, Massachusetts guy. I myself and uh, you know Steve, my brother here on the podcast, we're Lowell guys, Lowell, Massachusetts guys. So I don't know if you've seen the movie. Oh, I thought you guys look familiar. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if you've uh, seen the movie The Fighter, but in the movie yeah, The Fighter, when Mickey Ward's going to you know his his big showdown, his big prime time fight, he talks about doing it for Lowell. So going into USA's yeah. this weekend. You're going and doing this for Massachusetts, right? This isn't for, uh, not for your brand, uh, not for, this, this is for Seekonk and for Massachusetts yeah. boys, right? I would, say it's for, I would say it's for Seekonk and for Rhode Island. <laughs> oh, uh, come on. I really identify with Rhode Island more than Massachusetts. <laughs> oh, no. Massachusetts is fine, but uh, Seekonk, first and foremost, it's its own entity. <laughs> it should probably secede at some point. It used to be part of Rhode Island, so, uh, <laughs> but it should just be its own thing. I will say, kind of like uh, the Vatican or something. <laughs> but I'm, I'm looking forward to representing it. Yeah, do you guys know Brian Gagnon from Lowell? Of course. Of course. Yeah, I, I ran with him. I'm a little older than Mike, but uh, so I was a I was a junior when he was a senior. Nice, very cool. Yeah, so he yeah. must have. He must have. Did he train with you at all at uh, New Jersey, New yeah. York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a year. Yep. 
when I yeah. first joined the club, he was there. So, but now he's back. He's back in the area near near Lowell. So yeah, he's a he's teaching. He's coaching at Lowell High, and he's, he's uh, a firefighter. He's a, yeah, he's a freaking fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's doing all right. Good. Yeah. Good. So you, so correct me if I'm wrong. You did your undergrad at Columbia, and then you did your, uh, then you went to Oregon after that, correct? Uh, yeah, you got it. Yeah, I did so, four years at Columbia and then a year, a year of grad school. Yeah. So I feel like for, for most runners coming up, you know, running for Oregon, that's kind of like the holy grail. What was that experience <laughs> for you? It was, it was awesome. Um, it was definitely a change from, you know, I built a great relationships at Columbia and loved my time there. But when I had the opportunity, you know, Coach Andy Powell out there said I could, I could come out and run for them. I, I jumped at it because – yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, well, if you're gonna run for a big, a powerhouse school and running, like you might as well go big. Yeah. And, uh, so I just, you know, I went out there and uh, it was awesome. I mean, it's a lot of fun. The whole, you know, the whole community is so behind running there and everything. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And obviously, you get different amounts of support, you know, financially towards the athletic department than at Columbia. So that you can you can see it a little bit. But uh, sure. it was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I was, I was glad I had both, uh, both experiences, you know, to, I have like, you know, for, it depends on who I'm talking to. I sure. Went to Columbia, you know, if, you, if you like track or if you like, uh, you know, if I'm in Eugene, I'm a duck all the way. So, <laughs> yeah. Or if it's football season, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Having a great football team was uh, a lot of fun too. So, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was awesome. Did you have a poster of Steve P. Fontaine on your wall? <laughs> uh, when I was yeah, when I was younger, yeah, like uh, freshman year of high school, of course, I had one that like I ripped out of like a magazine and it, like unfolded into like, and it was him. Oh yeah, next to a trailer. Oh, I think I had that same exact one. Hand <laughs> yeah. I don't know where I got it from, but it was uh, it was yes, yeah, pretty sweet. If you were like a if you were a running nerd, like you know, between the ages of like 16 to, to 20, it was like mandatory that you had to have at least one poster of Steve Prefontaine on your wall. Oh, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he seemed, he's a good runner. So we're recording this, obviously, before USA's, but when the fans of Peak Too Early hear it, it'll be after USA's. So you all have already run. So Really? Now, this is we're all in like oh, some head of- games, <laughs> inception type stuff. How did you do, Johnny? Did you run? Did you run well? Do you have any <laughs> predictions for us? Uh, yes, I won convincingly. Oh, nice! <laughs> Led from wire to wire. It was awesome. We're gonna we're gonna drop that clip like seconds before the race goes off. So you, you better you better hold true to it. <laughs> this just in from the future. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah that's. So- uh, I tried my best. You can you can drop that clip. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the plan going into USA? So that are you? Uh, what's your strategy? You, you trying to? Is there a time in mind? You, I know you're probably trying to win. Uh, yeah. Something you trying to fit on? No, I mean there's there's always like a a fair amount. It's like a small amount of strategy that goes into it. Obviously, it's all about you have to have the experience and you have to have raced a bunch of times and uh, kind of have those instincts that go along with it. So I. I'll go into it with a general frame of mind of when I'm going to, you know, move up towards the front or when I'm going to make a move if I am, if no one's made a move, when I'll be the one to go and that sort of thing. But I, I haven't quite, I usually iron that out just about 48 hours before. Cause if you, if you think about that for too long ahead of time, it's, you really can't plan for anything 
specific to happen. So to say, oh, it's going to go exactly this way and I'm going to plan for it exactly this way is only going to set you up to be crisscross when the gun goes off. And uh, mm. so you just have to kind of, yeah, you have to trust trust your training, trust your instincts. And I just plan on, I usually, you know, the day before come up with, okay, at this point, if no one's taken it, I'll, I'll take it. And if I expect certain people, I know there are certain people, there's a certain, there's one particular runner in the field who's known for winning the race. Um, oh, so yes. You have to, you have to watch out for that particular guy. So, so I'm, uh, I'm glad you brought that up actually, because yeah. I am, I am on the record with being very <laughs> anti Matt Centrowitz. Really? Uh, not, not, not my guy, Johnny. So oh, I, I, I need you to, uh, you know, to, to take him down, but more importantly, do you have rivals out there on the track? Like, is, is there anybody in particular who, you know, you want to beat more on a specific day or somebody who kind of irks you or, you know, when you're stepping on the track, uh, is there anybody out there who gives you a little bit extra motivation? I would say that there's, I, there's no one who particularly irks me. And like a part of the sport is that everyone seems to be pretty good, good guys, including, yeah. I, I like him. So yeah, sorry. Whatever, feel- whatever. <laughs> he doesn't speak for all of us. He's a, he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, no one, no one that I have particular. I don't think I, that's just in my nature to have like beef with them. I think I, I that would be fun. I, I don't get me wrong. There needs, to, there needs to be someone out there who is like openly in a fight and two runners, and they like don't like each Ag- other. and Someone knows it. Agreed. Agreed. We need that a lot. So maybe I will just you know pick a fight with someone. Um. But I mean, anyone basically, anyone who's running well is who I want to beat because you know it's just like uh, anyone who's doing well is someone who I'll key off of in the race. So obviously the guys who are Centro, Craig Angles, uh, obviously been tearing it up. We got a lot of those Brooks Beast guys are doing well. So it's uh, you know it's anyone who's doing well is is who I want to beat. And then uh, if you're not, if you haven't been running well, I I want to beat you too. So, <laughs> It's everybody, I guess. I know that's a lame answer. I wish there was. I wish I had a rival. I need. I need. Spoken a like a true professional. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have ended up next to Craig in, in the last few meters of quite a few races. So, you know, in terms of the way things play out, I guess he would be someone who I've traditionally had to battle in the last hundred meters. So you could call him a rival. He's my rival. Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. talk a lot about. You know, the, what are the things to make this sport marketable? And what are the things to make people care about this sport a little bit more? And if you just yeah. went out there and you, you decided, I'm going to make myself the bad boy of the mile. And you just went out there, just started yeah. picking fights with everybody, start right. getting a little chippy out there. I promise you, everybody will know the name Johnny Gregoric. We will be able to make this sport so marketable. Yes. I, uh, so the thing about, that's a great point. And I talked about that, I've talked about that before, <laughs> that someone needs to do that. The thing about the trash talk is with, with distance running, you really, if you could back it up 100% of the time, then you could do it. But as soon as you get just completely destroyed in a race and you're like, <laughs> nothing is lamer than talking trash and then losing by 10 seconds, because that's just, it's just, in, especially in running, it just looks so when you're just, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> and like boxing, you talk a bunch of trash and then it's kind of like, you know, goes to the decision. You don't really know who is outright better and that sort of thing but in running it's like you better back it up every single time and uh, that's fair so we need someone who's able to back it up every single time am i that guy yet maybe soon maybe once i am build that (laughs) every single time consistency then i'll just start trying 
but we really are a huge departure from what I've been I'm trying to be a nice guy, but I guess, hey, got to make money somehow. That's right. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the best trash talk you've ever heard? Like, has anybody, has anybody chirped you out there? Oh, man. No, I actually haven't been, I haven't been uh, the, the target of much trash talk. It's, it's not as, it's not as uh, prevalent as you would hope in the sport. I think that, you know, the sprinters are, are doing really a good job of it. Uh, yeah. Talking, uh, you know, but not, not the distance guys or, or women, but um, yeah, no one's ever really said anything to me. I can't, I can't think of any, of any times I've, I've had, one of my old teammates, uh, Ford Palmer, he, he used to be like a big, like in the middle of the race, like calling people out or like, what are you doing, man? Like, get out of the way. <laughs> a lot of like mid-race talking, which is yeah, as close as I've ever seen to trash talk. So, yeah. I feel like you see it in like high school, maybe even a little bit in college, just because yeah. there's a lot of egos out there. But I'm sure once it gets on, you know, professional stage and everyone's yeah. kind of cemented, you know, you know, their right to be there. I'm sure that changes the game a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Have you guys ever, when you were in college, you guys had trash talk? Oh, that was my job on the team. Yeah, I mean, I think I was the enforcer. They brought me out there to just go throw elbows in the first half mile and talk trash to everybody. That was my job. You really did that? Oh, of course. These are lol kids. Yeah, come on. I'm a lol guy. What do you think? You got to intimidate them. I bet bet you really did. Did you you win the race? (laughs) No, 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 it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the, well, yeah, you guys, that's the good thing about college. You got your teammates, so it's kind of hey, well, like yeah. you got your people to back you up, whereas at this level, it's kind of every man for himself once the gun goes off, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Not a whole lot of, like, pre-race or, like, post-race trash talk, but mid-race. And I, I guess it's more of, like, a cross-country thing, right? Because track yes. you know, is a little bit more formal. But when you're out there yes. in a cross-country race in the middle of the woods and there's bows being thrown, yes. it, it, it gets gritty in there. It gets a little wild. Yeah. Uh, Sam, Sam and I, Sam Spencer, my high school teammate for those. Uh, Shout out, Sam. Yeah. Uh, we we got in, a, like, a mid-race fight once in back in high school with, with, a, with another team. Uh, Dighton Rehoboth. That was like our, that was like our rival school, and uh, so that was that got pretty heated. That was like some, I think some punches were thrown in the woods. Whoa. <laughs> for any Massachusetts, for any Massachusetts listeners, I can only imagine what a Seekonk Rehoboth fight looked like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. There was there was four people there. Uh, you no, know, the collective weight of everyone there was two hundred pounds. <laughs> so, yep. uh, pretty cool. Yeah, been involved in a couple of those, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Yours were just like uh, outside bars and law or something. No, 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 no. On the, only on the cross country course. <laughs> that that's the only place where I'm where I'm like a decently sized person. Everywhere else, I'm. <laughs> that's nice. why I ran. I was sick of getting my my head kicked in on the football field, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to a sport with one of the bigger people out here. Cool, cool. <laughs> nice. Good thing. So Johnny, you're um so you're a you're a full time professional athlete, correct? Yeah, full time. Yeah. So what's 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 that like? I mean, I feel like you know, um, there there it's it's pretty in 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 the running world, it's pretty hard to get to that level. You know what I mean? I think, but you know, uh, you know, there's a there's a very small percentage of the elite athletes that can call themselves a a, a full time professional athlete. Yeah. But you know, what's it like being a being a professional runner? 
yeah, it's uh, I'm definitely lucky to be able to do it full time. It's it's and it it is a full time job if you if you make it a full time job. That's the thing about you know I think a lot of times people will kind of hear that I'm a full time athlete or full time runner, and you kind of think, well, that sounds like it's not it's not very difficult. But the thing is, at the end of the day, you got to have results. So this later this week, I got to show results that. So it was all it was all left up to me. It was all a work from home job basically. And if you don't, you're going to get embarrassed if you don't put the work in. So I, I still fill the day pretty well, um, you know, from the time I wake up to anyone else, like dinner time. I, I still think I uh, do a decent job. Obviously, in there, there's like napping and things like that that are like, oh, recovery is technically nice. That's a nice thing. I, I won't lie. But I, uh, I would say in a typical day, I run twice. I cross train most of the time if I didn't run twice, lift three times a week, um, so that that sort of thing. I mean, by the time I do all that sort of stuff, it usually ends up taking a decent amount of time. So I think, like a lot of uh, young males growing up, my dream was to to be a professional athlete. And you know, I was thinking more like you know, professional baseball player or something like that. But still, yeah. being a professional athlete, I mean, that's that is the ultimate dream. But I'm sure that there is some like things that go behind the scenes that we don't know about and we don't see, like what, what is, what is the, the most difficult parts about being mm-hmm. professional athletes that, you know, is not seen by the, the everyday person. Paying taxes. <laughs> Very difficult. Self-employed, you get paid like quarterly. So you got to like, remember to all the expenses that you had throughout the year, all the different write-offs, all that sort of thing. I would say that's, uh, I would say the tax paying is a, uh, is a difficult aspect of it. As far as uh, other things behind the scene, I mean, the I would say just the daily grind of like if you're injured or things aren't going well, you're not running well. It's like that kind of is a bummer in college because you can't run, you can't be on, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not going to get to run conference or something like that. But like at the end of the day, when it's your livelihood and when it's kind of like you put your whole life on hold for it, that it's uh, I think that when a runner is injured or a runner hasn't been running well, like especially a pro runner, it's it's definitely a uh, definitely a difficult difficult time to be in so i mean i always try to you know make sure i contact those people and and make sure i <laughs> i haven't forgotten about them so it's, yeah the fans should too so i'd say that's uh yeah taxes and being hurt the ugly, <laughs> ugly, ugly nitty-gritty parts of uh, and then because the glamour when you're out there uh and you run well and all that it's you know it speaks for itself and uh right it's a lot of fun and then i would say the after parties after the meets is the fun hell yeah part. That, that, that people don't probably don't expect it. Uh, you know, a lot of athletic people, a lot of people, the dance floor can get out of control. <laughs> Love it. You've got people on tables. It's crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, the after party is, uh, they can get legendary for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, you really do seem like you're having like the most fun out of all the, the guys out there. When you watch the post-race interviews of you, it just seems like you're living your best life. <laughs> How much fun are you having? Oh, I'm having a ton of fun. Yeah, it's a it's it's a great life. It's a great life. I, I, uh, yeah, I get to do what I love. I get to do what I'm. I've naturally been blessed with <laughs> the gift I've been given. I get to do it every day. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, I, I can't I can't complain. I can't complain at all. And while I while I still got it, um, uh, I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability. You know, it's a, it's, you know, it's a, it's a short lived career for sure, as far as the scope of your whole life goes, but while I'm doing it, just why not have as much fun as possible? And, you know, make, that's why I'm not trying to make too many enemies. For sure. 
<laughs> well, so I'm going to try to, uh, I, you know, I think that's great. You're a professional runner. I want you to keep doing that, but I'm going to try to recruit you to a different event right now because, um, you know, the U S is getting their ass kicked in one running event and it is the beer mile. We've had a couple of the top beer milers in the world on our podcast and Kansas yeah. is absolutely kicking our ass right now. So maybe yeah. pull you away from the mile, pull you away from the 1500 and maybe let's start training for the, for the beer mile. Yeah, I uh, I don't want to, you know, speaking of rivalries, <laughs> I mean, I think that if the best American runners decided to be beer milers, I think it'd be a fairly That's what I'm saying. record. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as soon as I'm retired, I'll shatter the beer mile record. <laughs> yeah, that's record? what I'm saying. Like, I, I feel like Canada's best, best athletes are going towards the beer mile because they know they can't compete with us on the track. Yeah, so let's just get a couple of our, our best athletes to go uh, kick some butt in the beer mile. What's the, uh, what's the record, the world record? It is, what is it, 437? 33. 33. What do you think you could do it in? What is it? Okay, so I wonder how much the actual running of the mile that like how fast it is per lap because obviously some of that time spent drinking but uh i have no idea i have no idea i don't have it's not, so like, I, I can, like, it's not like i can chug beers particularly fast i, I don't think that's the skill of mine so that yeah unfortunately that's that's a big part of it so i i know in the world record uh so i think it's uh, Corey bellamore he's canadian he ran his first lap after chugging, so including the beer chugging and running the lap, he did it in 58 seconds, his first with quarter. The, with the beer chug? With the beer chug. Yeah. So he chugged it in like a second and he ran a 57 yeah. like that? Wow. So, so he's he's a standalone like a high 350s miler. So he's, yeah. you know, he's. Oh, no, yeah, he's, I know. I know Corey Belmore. Yeah, he's a good runner. Um, and he has the record right now? Yeah. Yeah. That's fast. <laughs> That's really fast. All right. Well, I guess I just have to practice beer chugging. All right, all right. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'll have to practice on seltzer. Even more. Time <laughs> yeah, that's that's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, you, you can't you can't be drunk all the time on the track, you know. No, no, exactly. exactly. The thing about these guys, I'm just gonna switch gears a little bit. Uh, none of them have, have broken 350 in a mile, and I feel like it's amazing we've got to this interview without talking about it. Um, when I PR'd in my 5K. I kind of thought like the clock might be broken. I'm still not convinced it really happened. I don't want anybody to review the tape. You seem shocked after it. Are you convinced the clock was working correctly? <laughs> Wait, what's, what's your 5K PR? It's not very good, but it was uh, <laughs> it was about 25 seconds faster than I had previously run. And so what I just is looked it? At it. Say it, Trent. Say, Say it. it live on the podcast. <laughs> I've never been so embarrassed about my running PRs, but it's 14:52. But I hadn't even broken nice. like 15:10 before that. And yeah, so I saw the clock and was shocked. And it was like, this must be broken. That's awesome. That's that's really cool. Um that's a huge PR. Yeah, similar, similar feeling, definitely. I was I was just like kind of like, you know, all the best races are uh one thing I wasn't really looking at the clock at all. I was just kind of staying relaxed and looking at the people in front of me and then I you know it as it kept going, it was getting louder and louder. And I was like, all right, because we were just trying to get the, the world standard. I was just trying to get the like the world championship standard, so to run 353. And if I, you know, to PR would have been great. And then I just looked back up at the, I remember it was going, the coaches started going crazier and crazier as I went by. And then it, I went around uh, Craig, who was in the race with me, and with 200 to go and i was like oh man we're i think i'm running something pretty quick and then i saw the 1500 meter 
had a clock set up because Kajelcha was trying to run the world record in the mile and the 1500 in the same race, which was, which was bold. But uh, <laughs> I, so the, I saw the 1500 meter clock clicking like 333, 34, 35 as I went by. And I was like, whoa, I, th- I, I thought I just PR'd in the 1500 on the way through. And then uh, as I came around the final turn, I saw the, because the BU straightaways are pretty short. I don't know if you guys have mm-hmm. run there before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's quick. Like, you're, as soon as you come off that turn, you're there. So I like, came off the turn, and the clock was like at like 44 or something. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, what is going on? <laughs> and I just like leaned for it. It was just kind of like a blur. And because uh, I knew, obviously, huge difference between 350 and 349.9. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I leaned for it, and I uh, looked up, and, and it, yeah, it was, it, there it was. And then one of my coaches, uh, uh, this guy named John Troutman, came up to me and he's like you just broke the american record and i was like whoa really and then someone had to come over and be like no 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 no, no. I'm just <laughs> that's so cruel like a pretty brutal moment like oh wow oh okay well it's still cool but well yeah. i was gonna i was gonna say like it really sucks that you ran a 349 mile and didn't even run the race but even to top that off it's like you ran a 349 mile, but some guy also broke the world record in that race. So it's like yeah. you're having like the coolest moment of your entire life. Meanwhile, yeah. the whole like track world is like, holy crap, the mile world record just got broken. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, come on, give, give me, cut me some slack here, man. I just broke 350. Yeah, uh, I guess I wasn't really looking at it like that in the moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, way to ruin it, Mike. I was pretty pleased with myself. Right? <laughs> but I think. Uh, those close to me were happy for me and happier for me than they were for Yomif. <laughs> all, you know, all the best to Yomif. Very nice young man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was just, I was, I, my mom was really happy for me. So he, he didn't care about the world record in the mile. <laughs> hey, we're happy for you too, Johnny. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make the wrong no, point here. It was, uh, you know what? The only reason I ran that fast was because that they set up a race for him to break the world record. So, you know, all and, and it was actually cool because Jesse Garn, who was my rabbit, was kind of chasing him and his rabbits. So it was like my rabbit had a rabbit ten meters in front of them. So it's probably the only reason I ran that fast. So it's uh, yeah, can't can't get too selfish with it. <laughs> uh, speaking of rabbits, what's your who's your favorite rabbit? Jesse Garn, <laughs> rabbit of He's no, yeah, he's uh. He, he did a great job that day, so I would have to. I mean, he rabbited me in my best race time-wise ever, so I'd have to. I'd have to give him the nod. Yeah. I thought for sure you're gonna say Yoda. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you meant track rabbit. Um, you meant animal rabbit. <laughs> yes, Either. my pet, my pet rabbit Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you follow uh, me on Instagram, more particularly my wife on Instagram, then you would know that I have a pet rabbit. Um, but yeah, he's a great, great rabbit. Highly recommend a rabbit as a pet. Uh, very low key, very cute, kind of like a living stuffed animal. (laughs) 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 Well, before Trent derailed that conversation, I was going to ask you, was, uh, was that your most, was that your favorite race you've ever run when you, when you ran that, uh, 349 or is there another race that sticks out in your memory? Uh, No, I mean, I, I really like, uh, I really, I, obviously that was the, the fastest time I've, I ever ran. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and I would say that 
my a lot of my PR, obviously your PRs that like, when you run them are are a lot of fun to do. I mean, the running the World Championships was probably the most like exhilarating moment of just like stepping out onto a track. So as far as an atmosphere goes, that was that was my favorite. But I would say that in, as far as the whole package goes, probably when I ran my fifteen hundred PR. Remember that Track Town series they had? Oh yeah. So I ran that, and like again, my whole family was there. But then it was in it was in New York. It was at Icon Stadium, which is like a really cool venue. And uh, yeah, I won the race, and it was like just a super. It was like the complete package of like winning the race, running a PR, and like I had just qualified like a week earlier for the world, so I was like super pumped. And uh, it was that was probably my, my my favorite race. Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised. I thought for sure that you were gonna say when you just won USA's this past weekend. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That one's so fresh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're still a little loopy from the, uh, you know, from that crazy time you just ran. Exactly. exactly. From that world record that you just broke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned uh, you you mentioned your family, and I don't want to spend you know too much time because I feel like everybody asks you about this, but um, you have some really fast parents, and uh, you and your father have it's the fastest. Uh, father-son duo in the mile in history. Yes, there you go. That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it's it's very cool. You know, no pressure to my son or anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, it was it's awesome. It's a very fun fact, and uh, it, it is pretty sweet because I think that running there's a lot of like running families out there. So to kind of have that that card and that thing between me and my dad is a lot of a lot of fun. Yeah, so hopefully, I, remember- I think like Centro would need to run like maybe two seconds faster in his mile. To, I was just going to ask that because I, I, yeah. I got to imagine him and his father are pretty close. Yeah, I think they are. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I think he'd have to run like over a second faster. So I think yeah. I've got locked down for now. I remember in high school, all the, uh, you know, all the cool kids would talk, you know, like, oh, my dad would totally beat the crap out of your dad. Was it, did, did it play in the track community? Like, oh, my dad would totally beat your dad in a race. Um, like, I don't, I don't it know. Was, yeah, I mean, a lot of it was like my mom's 800 meter PRs. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. The guys on the team, <laughs> like she, she in high school just would destroy guys. Like she'd run the guys' races in high school because they didn't really have as much women's running back then. And uh, so that's way more of the the line. Would be yeah. Like, oh, like you haven't broken two minutes yet. Like <laughs> mom, my mom's got you. <laughs> so yeah. So oh, I, think we, I think we unlocked the secret to being a professional runner. Your mother needs to run under two minutes in the 800, and your father needs to be an Olympian. That's it. Yeah, that's all it takes. Do you ever do you ever feel like that's a little unfair to to you know no no discredit to my mom and dad? They're great people and great runners. But do you, do you ever think that's a little unfair that like I had to race against you? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it is. It's too bad, <laughs> honestly. Um, no, I mean, still, I still got to get out there. I still got to put the work in. Just got a little head start. But that's know? right. <laughs> that's that's life. You know? It is when, life. When you took down your dad's PR, did you consider changing your name to John? <laughs> oh man, that would have been. No, I'm Johnny for life. I'm locked in on Johnny. Like <laughs> Nicely differentiates my dad and I. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't consider it. But uh, I, someone made a similar joke of me going by John Gregorick Sr. <laughs> but uh, no, I didn't, I, I didn't consider it. Couldn't have done it without him. 
So uh, we know you're a busy guy. You got a big race to get ready for at the end of this week. Um, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the interview with a game cool. that we play with all of our guests. It's called Down the Home Stretch. Um, Mike, do you want to kick off Down the Home Stretch? Yeah, sure. So we put 90 seconds on the home on the clock, and we just ask as many rapid fire questions as we can about a specific topic. And uh, so we had another inside source tell us that you are an Eagle Scout. Is that correct? Oh no! Yeah. Yeah. All right. So our down home stretch segment is going to be about, uh, you know, scout life and camping, you know, that kind of that kind of genre. So the, the clock will will start with my question. So when roasting a mallow, what is what is the proper technique? Are you, you know, golden browning it? Are you flaming it up right right away? Like what, what's the best way to go about it? Yeah, no, you got to keep a good like maybe four feet from the fire, three feet from the center of the flame. Nice. Yeah. Steady. Station. <laughs> That's right. So nice Smart golden, man. Golden brown, yeah. For sure. Johnny, if you go for a hike, for a 10-mile hike with a backpack on, can you log that for your miles that day? No. No. Cross train. <laughs> log, log the total time walking as cross train. Yes. Doesn't go to the miles. <laughs> Have you ever competed in a Pinewood Derby? Oh, yeah. Big time. Did That's- you win? Great question. I love Pinewood Derby. That was actually a great flashback. Man, I still have the car. <laughs> uh, no, I never won because people would get super into it. There would definitely be some like, did your dad make that for like? <laughs> I made my own, like in my basement. I just like cut it out the whole deal and polished it. But yeah, uh, I love Pinewood Derby. So w- when you're camping and you still got to get your runs in, how many consecutive days can you go, just like jumping in the river without showering before it's like pretty gross? I guess infinite if you're jumping in a river. Yeah, that's what I, far, I agree. Yep. I agree. Far soap, definitely infinite. <laughs> What's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Um, the I can't actually think of the name of it. Like the coconutty caramelly kind of one. Oh, the caramel delights. I think they're caramel delights on the East Coast, and that they like Samoas on the West Coast or something. Okay, oh yeah. yeah, that's what they are. Yeah, yeah. Could you start a fire by rubbing two sticks together? No, but I have done it. But you I, have okay. I couldn't do it consistently. No, yeah, we did it once for a for like a course or something. Yeah, survival course. <laughs> uh, how do you keep the bears away? Well, you just gotta tie up your food high in a tree, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and, and hope they don't come come for you. That's Trent, it. last question. What do you got? <laughs> This is on behalf of Mike, but uh, what do you do if your house gets struck by lightning? <laughs> oh, man. You totally botched the interview. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> Me too. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. Um, we wish you the best of luck this weekend. We are going to be cheering for you. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot. Wildly about. Thanks again to Johnny for coming coming on. Um, it was a lot of fun talking with him, and we're going to be, you know, cheering him on in, in future races. Yeah, so talk about, like, being a heartbroken watching a race. Like, the 20 or so people that we had at the watch party today, it was unbelievable that the amount of 
people on Johnny's side. Like, it almost felt like everyone was there to watch Johnny. He's a Massachusetts guy. Like, he's our guy now. And everybody was on his side. And it just, it really stunk seeing him just not have his day. But with that said, he is our guy. And, like, I think getting behind him and moving forward, like, keeping that Johnny Gregoric energy going, getting, like, that group of people to keep being on his side, like, I think... We, you know, we have to have the guys that we get behind and root for. Like having, it's kind of like having your teams, like Steve said, in different sports. Johnny Gregoric is like, I could see us like every watch party from here on out. You know, people on his side will get, you know, maybe his his uh, his singlet made up for us. Like he would wear like a, <laughs> a football jersey or something. And uh, let's, you know, Olympics is next year, so whatever. This one's over. Wasn't his day, but let's get him to uh, the 2020 Olympics next year. For sure. In, uh, in real life, all these relationships we have with our guests are, are mainly one-sided, right? You know, we, <laughs> we have them on, but it really feels like our friends are out there. Like Sinclair, Bryce, Johnny, it's like my best friend is out on the track. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like going nuts for, for my boy or my girl out there. Well, it's enough USA's talk. We have, uh, we promised the listeners we'd ask, we'd, 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 Give them this at the end of the show, the winner of the Peak 2 Early Pool. The first pick'em pool that we did for a track meet. And so can I get a drum roll, please? And the winner is Duncan Burley. Congratulations, Duncan. He uh, you know, he had some awesome picks out there. It came and it was so much fun. It came down to the wire, came down to the 1500 meters, and it, there was one point where uh, me, Mike, and Trent, I think we were all within the top six. And if, if, if things happened a certain way, it was like the entire like top six or seven people had a chance to win the pool. So it literally came down to the last event. Um, and we were joking, like we wanted to win, but we kind of didn't because we didn't want it to seem like we stole everybody's money. Yeah, <laughs> and I, so we're I like, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, a ton of fun. Thank you so much to everybody that participated. I didn't think we we're gonna get as many people as we did. This was a lot of fun, but like we're like we've been saying, this is just the beginning. Like this this pool made track a lot of fun for us yes. and everybody else to watch, and we're gonna keep doing it. We're gonna keep on coming up. You know, I, we'll we'll do different variations of this pool like throughout the different types of events. We're gonna do something for cross country coming up this fall, but. Thank you again to everybody that that played. It was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. Like, it made the day super legit. And I think people are going to be excited about doing this in the future. Um, Shout out Duncan Berlay, Stonehill grad, uh, Duncan, can I borrow a couple bucks? (laughs) Um, Also, though, uh, that rat Blankenship made a ridiculous inside move. He should have been disqualified. Yeah, yeah. And if he was, your boy... Would have won. I was the peak too early champion. This is the first time I've ever beaten you guys in a pool. It does nothing but for you me didn't. because I didn't win the thing, but I beat the two of you. And again, if it wasn't for that scumbag Blakenship, should have been disqualified. I'm going to protest, and Duncan, when, when I send in my protest and he eventually gets disqualified, I want my trophy. Is there, is there a time limit on this? Like, he could easily be disqualified, you know, in two days or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. Upon video replay. Well, if he does, I'm the winner, and I am ripping that right out of your your hands, Duncan. Don't give him the money back. <laughs> no money, though. 
right? We, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, yeah, Cans and Miller Lights. We'll cut that. Um, cool, guys. Well, this was a ton of fun. You know, like I said, we're, like we said at the top of the show, we're grinding. We're getting this podcast done late at night after USA's. Mike's got to drive three hours back home and get to work early in the morning. You know, Trent's got to head back, you know, to the house of Sav tonight. You know, so uh, we're, we're grinding. We're getting this done. But, um, you know, we're, we're, we're having a ton of fun with this, and this is a lot of fun, and we're going we're gonna to keep doing it. But um, with that, let's kick off the bell lap. Mike, what do you got for the people? So we have talked a lot about how, you know, stuff like this has been making track fun, and we're enjoying watching track, and it's crazy that we're actually watching track. And that's all well and good. Uh, I did get really into track today, but there's something I got even more into today, and I think I'm going to be moving on past track because... I found my new passion. I might even start a podcast for that. This morning, we're all sitting on the couch, hungover, watching TV. My sister-in-law, Erin, puts on Love After Lockdown, I think it's called. (laughs) This just fire television show. It's, I don't know, these people, they have relationships through prison, and they get out, and it's just people getting in fights. (laughs) I won't go on uh, too long a thing, but in one scene, a guy proposed. the The girl said, I think we should wait a little while. He gets up, they're on the beach, and he fires this $5,000 ring into the ocean, and I was immediately hooked. Uh, big, big-time trash TV guy now. Dude, shout-out to Marcelino for beating that guy's that guy ass. That guy is a beast. <laughs> get him, Marcelino. Get him on the podcast. Oh, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That, that would be amazing. Let's get him on the podcast. And we just, it slowly just becomes a... a, no, a just a trash TV podcast now. Oh, man. All right, Trent, what do you got for the people? So, Saturday night, Friday night, got back from Buddy's house, you know, had a nice chill night, and uh, one of our listeners, Tyler Hensel, shout out to him, was about to go to the Encore Casino. And so last week I told you guys that I was real proud of myself for not having gone to the casino. It's gone. From about, you know, 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. I was out there just losing my money, but the other person, one of the other people that was there that also lost his money, Duncan Burlet. So, oh. so Duncan deserves this for two reasons. Because we were there like 3.30 in the morning talking peak too early at the casino. There we go. And I know he lost a couple stacks playing, you know, whatever <laughs> games we were doing. So he, he deserves it. He's a good listener and, and he needs a... To make up for his Friday night. So shout out again to Duncan. <laughs> well, you know what we need to do? We need to come up with like a name for our listeners. Like what can we call our listeners? Like I think, uh, what is it? Part of my take does the award-winning listeners. Um, the, the foreplay, the, their, their golf podcast does uh, does the, the Playtrons. Um, so like something like that. We need to come up with a name for the peak too early listeners. So we'll brainstorm. If anybody else out there has any ideas, let us know what we should, what the, uh, the, the P2E army maybe or, or what, you know, what. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with something, but let us know. Other than that, guys, it's been a busy day. It's been a great weekend. I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight.
after that whole ordeal went, finally I got it up on my phone, and then my phone just went dead at 25%, like literally <laughs> just dead. So I went up, I stole Cece's phone literally the entire time. The last thing Cece sent to her mom was, our house just got struck by lightning. So she's calling <laughs> the entire interview. I have to keep hanging up on her. Then I hear a scream from downstairs. Cece burnt her hand in, on the pan that was in the oven. So she's down there, like, and I'm obviously not helping her. I went down to go get a beer, and she's, like, <laughs> soaking her hand. Like, what the hell happened? And that was just And I am willing to take the break that we are on the brink of. My cup is on the table. I love is spilling, waiting there for you to take and drink of. If you're tired of the same old story, oh, turn some pages. Clapping, felt the desert burn.